You are a Locked On Braves postcast, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Braves postcast, part of the all-new Locked On Sports Atlanta. We appreciate you joining us here on a Sunday, the final day of the first half of the season. So not only are we going to wrap up the first half finale, we're also going to take a look back at how we got where we are over the first 94 games of the year with 68 big ones out in front of the Braves who have 12 more head-to-head meetings with the Mets. One of the many storylines we'll get to in this one. We'll also just assess how exactly Atlanta was able to pull its season out of a slow start and put itself right back in playoff contention. Before I get too far ahead of myself, though, let me remind you to subscribe on YouTube to the all-new Lockdown Sports Atlanta. 2,500 folks have done so. We'd love for you to join us as well. And make sure you subscribe to Lockdown Braves wherever you get your podcast. Uh, Jake, this was not the note that the Braves wanted to close the first half on, but I wanted to put you in the way back machine all the way back to the second week or so of April. If I told you at the All-Star break, the Braves will be 18 games over 500, your answer is? I will take it, absolutely. <laughs> and that is what I think is kind of the crux of where we are. Now, that it glosses over a lot of details, and of course the Braves did start a little bit slower than they wanted to, but they found their way, I think, to where they needed to be. Uh, Sunday's game against the Washington Nationals notwithstanding, this was another series win for the Braves, and they've been racking those up pretty regularly since June the 1st. They have. And yeah, I mean, and, and to your point, like if you wouldn't tell me like what the standings are and you just told me the Braves are 18 games over 500 at the break. Yeah. yeah I mean, I would be ecstatic all day long. And I think you should be as a Braves fan and yeah, taking care of a business against, you know, a nationals team. And uh, look, I'm not taking anything away from the nationals on Sunday. That's the first time I've really thought I saw the Braves kind of just, I don't want to say mail it in, but I think they were definitely looking forward to this all-star break. There were some plays in this game where, I just felt like there wasn't full effort, especially defensively overall. But again, with the first half for this Braves team, where they are now, I think you have to be ecstatic that the Braves can. I think there's just, I think there's things, and obviously we'll get to it in the second half where they could be even better. Yeah, I don't really question the effort as much as maybe the execution on this day. And keeping in mind, and we've talked about this for quite a while, this is the end of 20 games mm-hmm. in 20 days. That's a pretty long run without an off day up to the All-Star break. And they did take the series from Washington. But let's talk a little bit about game number 94. Go quickly through this because we do have a lot to get to here. Finale of the four-game set. The Braves now 56-38 and 38 to close out the first half. Just three runs on six hits and errors. Seven men left aboard. Nationals 31-63. and 63. Seven runs, seven hits and error. Two men left. Steve Ciszek picks up the win in relief. He's 1-2. and two. Spencer Strider took the loss, drops to 4-3. and three. Game lasted two hours, 54 minutes, crowded 26,043 on hand to see it. Spencer in this game, uh, just four innings for him. I'm sure that that, based on the pitch count that he racked up over those four frames, was kind of a, a product of it. But hit a little bit harder in this one and made a couple of mistakes. And the Nationals are a major league team, and they did make him pay. Yeah, I mean, really that second inning, and he almost got out of it. Two outs, then you had, you know, a hit that dropped in in front of Michael Harris. Then you give up the home run to Robles. That's what really stung you know, in that inning. But, I mean, overall, 82.6 mile-per-hour average exit velocity against. Like I said, he got hit hard in that second inning, but overall, you know, it wasn't a ton of great contact against him, but still just didn't have the command, really, that we've seen from him, you know, in the past. Not his sharpest outing, obviously, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I think getting him out of there after four innings, you know, you got the all-star break coming up. 
you know, I'm really excited to see what he has for us in the second half. And again, I think he, I think he's a rookie of the year uh, leader right now. Uh, again, I think his biggest competition comes from the guy in center field there, but uh, I love what Spencer Strider's done. You know, this start, you know, maybe not his best, obviously, and coming off one where he only went four and two thirds out last time, didn't have the greatest command. So hopefully this little break in the, the all-star uh, game and everything will do him some good as well and come back out fresh, ready to go in the second half. Yeah, I think everybody could. Spencer's going to get, what, about a week or so off, you know, because he is the final starter here. And the way it'll line up in the second half, he'll get to get a little bit of a reset there in the middle of the season. I'm sure a lot of his Braves teammates will enjoy that as well. Oddly enough, the Nationals were able to out-homer the Braves on this day just uh, via the Robles blast. And then, of course, Juan Soto had to put an exclamation point on things as he got his batting average up over 250 in the first half. And he has been on quite a tear and he's actually my pick in the home run derby. So we'll see how that all works out. I don't know that that will give him a much more motivation than he already has, but I think that he could take the whole thing. So we'll see how it works out. Uh, before we get into a little bit of a recap and some discussion about what was great about the first half, I want to remind you, as always, the uh, the main sponsor of the Braves Postcast is, of course, Coffee AM. And it's an Atlanta-based small batch coffee roaster. And if you go to coffeeam.com right now, coffeeam.com slash locked on, that is, you can check out their full menu, coffees, teas, gift sets, all kinds of stuff for you to order there. That's coffeeam.com slash locked on. Use the coupon code locked on at checkout. You get 15% off your first order. Coffee AM, the best small batch coffee roaster in America. They sent me a great box full of stuff personalized to me, and I have not found anything I don't like yet, and I don't expect to at this point because I am a man who likes his coffee. I'm also a man who likes to see uh, more wins and losses, and the Braves certainly accomplished that in the first half. And it was, I think, uh, as much of anything, an effort by a lot of different players at a lot of different uh, times playing a lot of different roles for this club to allow them to get to where they got, particularly thanks to that 14-game winning streak at the start of June because the Braves did not start out this season the way that they wanted to. I thought, Jake, it would be kind of fun to go through some first-half standouts And if you had to name an MVP for the first half of the season, I know it's kind of an arbitrary thing, but who would be your Braves MVP at this point? Yeah, I think me and you have both talked about it a lot. I think it's got to be Dansby Swanson. I mean, you really, you look past the two, two, three week cold stretch he had to start the year. I mean, he's really been the leader carried this team throughout, been one of the most consistent players on this team, you know, like I said, outside of that first two to three weeks of the season. So for me, it's Dansby Swanson, what he's done offensively, obviously what he does, uh, you know, at shortstop primary position there and what he's done with the bat and stealing more bases this year as well. So I just think he's given you a little bit of, of everything and been great. And when the team wasn't going as well there in the early going, I thought he was the one guy that really kind of kept them afloat and helped them not fall too far out. Uh, so, yeah, it's got to be Dansby Swanson for me. Yeah, I think Dansby's been my guy since the very start of the season. But, man, the month of July has given Austin Riley a, a very good case to be the Braves MVP of the first half as well. And 68 games remaining for him to maybe figure out a way to not only be the Braves MVP, but maybe finally get into the National League MVP discussion. He should have been more into last year. Top pitcher. I know that Max Fried is probably going to win this and be the guy at the end of the year that you'll look at and say, this is the ace. This is the top pitcher for the Braves, but I got to give the edge to Kyle Wright. How about you? Yeah, I think it's got to be Max Fried. I mean, he's a leader of your rotation. He's been that guy that, you know, if you're on a losing streak, he would stop it. If you're on a winning streak, he was going to keep it going. I mean, the Braves won just about every time he goes out there. So, you know, he's obviously the ace, but I think Kyle Wright has been, you know, probably the biggest reason for this Braves pitching staff, the starting rotation, the way that it is, Spencer Strider, obviously as well, but you didn't know what you were going to get out of Kyle Wright coming into this season. And 
you know, here he is, ERA under three going into the All-Star break. Uh, it's really been incredible what he's done and how he's kind of asserted himself into a one of the best starting rotations in all of baseball. Yeah, and certainly helping the Braves to get where they need to right now in the standings has been how the starting rotation has come into focus. And to me, and again, I think Max Fried is clearly the Braves' ace. And at the end of the year, if you're giving out an award, it's probably going to be to Max Fried. But for Kyle Wright, he was kind of one of those – he's been a glue piece for Atlanta. And it, what he's done with the expectations kind of being – I mean, jury was out as to what was going to happen, as you mentioned – he has been able to really stabilize Atlanta's rotation in a way that it's needed it because Charlie Morton has had some ups and downs. Ian Anderson has as well. You already had a question in the fifth spot of the rotation. Max Freed has been Max Freed, but I think Kyle Wright has played an integral part in the Braves' rotation, as you mentioned. Top surprise of this year, I think there's two guys, and we talked about it, and it always comes up, rookie of the year. And it's you like Spencer Strider, of course, and for good reason. I know you also like Michael Harris. I think Harris might have the inside track on rookie of the year thus far, but man, I will not complain if these two just kind of fight it out for that award for the remainder of the season, because that means things will be going pretty well for the Atlanta Braves. If those two guys continue what they did in the first half, they've been great. Yeah, they have been. And you talk about surprises. I mean, coming into the season, I don't think many people would have picked the Braves to have the rookie of the year candidate, and they have two of them. Uh, yeah. It's really been incredible what they've done. I mean, I'll, I'll be honest. I never thought Michael Harris would make his debut this year. I mean, with those few at-bats he had at the AA level, I thought, you know, spend all year there and then maybe get a shot in spring training. But credit to the Braves. You know, obviously, they're sitting there watching him, seeing the confidence in him. Uh, and He's been able to come up and really just light a spark into this team. So he's been absolutely incredibly credible out there. And look, I've said it all along. I knew he wasn't going to hit 340 like he would when he come up. But if he hits 250 and just plays defense like he has been, batting in that nine spot, getting on base, he's shown off some power mm -hmm. as well, uh, which was really the one tool everybody said he was still kind of lacking in. Uh, so, I mean, he has been absolutely incredible. But, yeah, those two guys, along with Kyle Wright, you know, some of the biggest surprises, William Contreras as well, yep. all-star William Contreras. Wow, uh, Bill. So, I mean, they, the Braves have gotten some really nice surprises in this first half. They have. You throw Kyle Wright into that mix. Wild Bill Contreras is an all-star for a reason, and he and Travis Darno uh, both getting their first all-star taste here this week and uh, pretty unique stories for both of them because Travis Darno took him about a decade to get there for Contreras. He's getting there in what will amount to be, I believe, his first full major league season because I don't think he's going anywhere anytime soon. A couple of stats that jumped off the page this week. Austin Riley this weekend with his home run in Washington. 27 home runs at the break. Uh, this has been kind of a focus of mine, Jake, and I'd be interested to hear if you agree or disagree. I think Austin Riley is going to lead the National League in home runs this season. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to argue that with what you've seen over in the, from him the past couple of weeks. I mean, he's maybe the one guy who doesn't want to see this all-star break, although now he's a part of it. I'm sure that's very exciting for him. But the way he's been swinging the bat lately, almost had three homers in the game the other day. Uh, he is just seeing the ball incredibly well. We talked about it the other day. Coming off that 2021 season, everybody's wondering, can he duplicate that? And is that really the player that Austin Riley is? Is he really an MVP-type candidate? annually and i think you know he's starting to answer that question obviously got the second half of the season to go so it's really been amazing to see what he's done sitting there in the middle of that that order for the braves and yeah would not be surprising again with the home run barrage he's had lately uh if he if he were able to lead the league or at least the national league in home runs yeah nine home runs here in july if you're counting and most of us are and only six home runs shy of matching the 33 homers he hit in his breakout season a year ago 
uh, with Kyle Wright's 11 wins, Max Fried with 10 wins, the first set of Braves teammates to do that uh, prior to the All-Star break. That's win 10 or more games since 2011. So that's a feather in both of their caps. And, of course, Max Fried is an All-Star, not going to pitch in the game, but a big reason for the Braves' success, both those men. And what if I told you that Dansby Swanson is top 10 in Fangrass wins above replacement in all of baseball? He uh, checks in at 7th as of Sunday evening, and that's tied with Freddie Freeman, who's been awfully good uh, for the L.A. Dodgers, especially lately, and now it's all-star Freddie Freeman. So congrats to both of those guys. I'm sure they'll look forward to reuniting in Los Angeles. Meanwhile, as the Braves are two and a half games back in the National League East, the team itself will have quite a few days in order to maybe reset a little bit and enjoy the all-star break outside of the six men heading out to Los Angeles to uh, partake in the all-star game. And then everything will begin in the second half on Friday against the Los Angeles Angels, who make their first visit uh, to uh, Truist Park and their first visit to Atlanta since 2014. Hopefully, there'll be a lot of big moments for the Braves. And as always, I want to remind you to make your moment sparkle with jewelry from BlueNile.com. Locked on sports listeners get $50 off a purchase of $500 or more. This podcast exclusive includes engagement pieces. Use the code Locked On. That is code Locked On. Every order is insured, ships free, arrives in discreet packaging, and won't give away what's inside. So shop stress-free and find your forever piece at BlueNile.com today. First game of that three-game Angel series happens on Friday night at Truist Park. 7.20 p.m. Eastern time is the first pitch, but enjoy the All-Star game. Enjoy all of the festivities that go with it. And, Jake, I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you, who do you have in the Home Run Derby? Yeah, look, I got to go with the, the the front runners. I got to go with either Schwarber or Alonzo. I'm going to go with Schwarber, just saying Alonzo doesn't get the three-peat, but I think it comes down to those two. Well, I'd be interested to see, you know, I, I am interested to see exactly how many home runs are going to be hit by some of these guys because they are going to hit some balls a long way, and they're going to hit an awful lot of them as well. And if Pete Alonzo can pull off a three-peat, three in as many years, he might want to think about just retiring and riding off into the sunset, but we'll see. He's got to get past Ronald Acuna Jr. in that first round. I expect Ronald to put on a show as well. The home run derby happens on Monday. Then on Tuesday, you get the all-star game. Then the Braves will have a couple of days off before getting back in action at Truist Park on Friday night against Mike Trout, Shohei Otani, and the Los Angeles Angels. For Jake Mastriani, I'm Grant McCauley. Thank you for using your first half or for spending your first half with us here as the Braves are on the march for their fifth consecutive division title. 18 games over 500 at the half is a pretty good way to check in, but a lot of work to be done over the next 68 games. And we hope you'll hang out with us. Make sure you subscribe to the all new Locked On Sports Atlanta right here on YouTube. And make sure you subscribe to Locked On Braves wherever you get your podcast. Once again, for Jake, I'm Grant. We look forward to catching you in the second half. And until then, so long, everyone.